Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt. With me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. After some technical difficulties, Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm still doing very well. How are you? I'm doing awesome. We got the uh, we got the microphones to work. Now, here's the real test. With us today is Red's beat reporter for the Cincinnati Enquirer. Is it slash US Today or just Cincinnati Enquirer and USA Today? Is it USA Today at all? Or is yeah. That, is it a link right? thing? But Bobby Nightingale Jr. Bobby. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take them all, but USA, USA Today and Enquirer the same company, so Got, oh, t- right. technically right. the same. That's there you right. go. All right, well that that makes it uh, makes more sense then. Technically the same. That keeps them in there. So Bobby, you are uh, have you officially followed the team out to Arizona now? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I flew out yesterday morning. Yesterday, yesterday morning. How, you told how us how early is morning? Yeah. What does morning mean? Six forty-five a.m. flight. Oh. So I woke up at around four. Well, that was got fun. into got into Arizona early, so that that helped too. Yeah, that's true. That's you true. Pick up a couple a couple hours going out there, right? I mean, and yeah. you were going to Arizona. You were leaving the nasty weather of what you probably missed. Actually, the really bad stuff coming into Cincinnati last night and today, and uh, and and it, which has been nasty here. But you got to go to Arizona. How's the weather in Arizona? It's it's not as great as you would think, but it's still. As you, I mean, it's better than rain and snow back home, but it's only it's like sixties, I said sixties and sunny. Oh, it's twenty three and snowing right now. Yes, it is, <laughs> it is currently snowing here in Cincinnati. Uh, we are the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. We've got Bobby Nightingale Jr. on us on with us, which means one thing, Bobby. You want to talk some Reds with us and Major League Baseball in general? Yeah, it'd be great. All right, while we do this interview, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in a few uh, extra little snidbits. Uh, just a just some one word answers for you that I want you so people can get to know Bobby a little bit better. So we'll, okay. st- we'll start off with this. What's your favorite kind of cheese? <laughs> uh, shredded cheddar. Oh, nice. Oh, good call. That's a good choice. Good that's call. a real good choice. All right, Adam. First question. All right. I don't have anything. I don't have a, a question as good as that one. But I did want to get your <laughs> take on the uh, the new rules in Major League Baseball for this season, 2020. Um, you mentioned them. You, you can find all of Bobby's writing on Cincinnati.com and also on his Twitter at Bobby Nightingale Jr. Bobby Nightingale Jr. Correct? It's just yeah, Nightingale right. Jr. Yep. Nightingale Jr. Okay. Um, so you can find all this information on there, but I want to hear it from the source, Bobby. Um, so we we have a bunch of new things. The big, probably the biggest one is pitchers must face a minimum of minimum of three batters unless they end an inning. Correct. Uh, do you like that? I, I I don't, but I don't think it's going to have that big of an impact that everyone thinks it will. Really? Like I think there'll still be strategy involved. Like, say you want a lefty lefty matchup and you have two outs. I mean, you just have to gamble that the pitcher gets the guy out. Otherwise, you have to keep him in for two more batters. Right. But I still think there's some strategy involved now that you're moving it to three. Yeah. I, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't stand this. Why is that? I don't, I don't like it at all. I mean, it, if if you put a guy in a game and uh, and, and his, sole, his sole reason is to come in and face a lefty, let's just say – because that's how it usually goes, lefty-righty. Let's say he comes in, faces a lefty – and he's off. You can tell while he's warming up, he is off, and he gives up a bomb right off the bat, first pitch to that guy. And that the last thing you want is to make like you you made the decision to bring him in, so you, he's got to be there now. 
and you saw him warming up and it didn't look good, gives up a bomb. Now you're stuck with him for two more batters? That mm-hmm. doesn't seem right, Bobby. But I also think, like, would you prefer the constant relief relievers when, you know, deep deep into games when they're doing four or five relievers an inning if they get a couple of hits? You know, to me, to me, it's still a trade-off, whereas there's sometimes where there's just too many pitching changes per inning. And I feel like this curbs it a little bit, at least forces you to have some strategy behind it where if you're going to bring a guy in, you better be confident he can get the guys out. He can get more than one guy out. And this is strictly motivated by the concept of shortening the game, shortening the time of the game, correct? Yeah. No, I don't know if it'll do that. I, I, I mean, I want to put the rule in place, but I, I just don't. One way or another, I, I don't I don't think it helps, and I don't think it hurts the game. I got you. Um, How long will that rule last? At least one year. <laughs> it depends how well it happens this year. but yeah. Yeah, Maybe it'll be a one and done. But besides that, the roster limit goes from 25 to 26. That could be yep. interesting. Um, you have a, an extra bench guy because, uh, well, you can also – uh, have I guess carry fourteen pitchers instead of thirteen, correct? Or no, sorry, thirteen max thirteen. Yeah, pitchers. it has to it has to be thirteen. Yeah. So that that'll be the one thing. But most teams have been doing that anyway, thirteen and then twelve hitters. So now you just get an extra hitter, an extra an extra bench guy, right? Um, okay, and then obviously those go up on September first instead of I, I kind of like this, and I'm not sure, like you said uh, about the other one, I, I'm not sure this really changes anything because nobody. I don't know that anybody calls up 40 guys, but you you can the roster limit goes to 28. Instead. Um, yeah, instead because it was 40, right? I mean, you could you could ha- technically have yeah. 40 guys in the dugout. After now September this one, 1st. I think that one I think is going to have a big impact, okay. just because you you saw it a little bit where teams and some teams will try and do it, but you bring in like Terrence Gore uh, on the Cubs who's just one of the fastest guys in baseball, you bring him up just to be a pinch runner specialist. Yeah. And you, you could see that kind of like with Billy Hamilton, that'd be a perfect role for him. Mm-hmm. Play sure. pinch run and then play defense in the late innings. Yeah. So, yeah. I, it, and if you look at it, the Milwaukee Brewers, the last two years with Craig Counselor as their manager, I mean, they've their winning percentage is like 700 the last two Septembers. And they're just so good at, you have so many extra guys out of the bullpen, uh, so many more lefty specialists, so many more guys on your bench that you can use for one situation. So I, I think that kind of is, is a smart one to help the game where it's like, why, why is September different than every the first five months of the season? Why is that month so different that you get to change all the rules for it? So instead of that, yeah, they, they'll still let you, they'll still let you increase just not by that much. Yeah. To 28. So that 14 doesn't pitchers, me. 14 hitters. That, that, that one doesn't bother me that much. Right. Um, okay. So besides that, one, managers have only have twenty seconds instead of thirty seconds to challenge calls, Whatever. right? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I, that's not I don't remember that many lasting thirty seconds anyway. Last year, there's always that you know close play, and then the the camera goes to the dugout. It just stays on the manager as he's looking <laughs> back into the into the tunnel or whatever. Guys on the phone, and that yeah, <laughs> and then they decide or or they decide to challenge it or not, but. Um, so not a huge deal, I don't think. There, um, kind of a, a different one. Position players are prohibited from pitching through the ninth inning unless it's a six-run game. Correct. Correct. Yep. How often does that ever happen? Why? Why? Why put that into place? Why is Rob Manford making all of these decisions right now? There, there was a couple of last year situations, like a doubleheader, or. You know, you just run out of pitching where it's like a four-run game and you actually do use a position player. 
I don't think it needs to be regulated. I mean, I don't think it's an epidemic or anything. So ridiculous. But I don't know why Rob Manfred did it either. But okay, you got another. Seems one? like seems like a little overregulation. Yes, it does. Yeah. That's exactly what it feels like, and we'll get more into that here in a second. Go ahead. Uh, so okay, another one was because I'm leaving the the most interesting one to me last, but the other one is uh, like recalling pitchers and uh, injured list uh, 15 days instead of what was it 10 before for pitchers. Yeah. Okay. And just, just because you saw guys go on, you know, the injured list with, you know, shoulder stiffness or something, and right. really it was just because they were doing bad and giving them a quick break in the middle of the season. Sure. No, it kind of forces you if if they're truly hurt, you know, you uh, you, you have to lose them for half a month. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the big one. Go ahead. No, uh, well, for me, the big one, the one that I'm at least interested in, and that I might need your help on this because I'm a little bit hazy. On, on some of the uh, nuances here. So two-way players, uh, mm-hmm. from what I understand, two-way players with 20 innings pitched or 20 starts at a position or a DH with three plate appearances in the previous year <laughs> may pitch without counting against that game's pitcher limit is what I wrote down. And even reading it, I'm like, <laughs> I read that thing like four times yesterday. I'm like, wait a second. So – First of all, do you have to identify a two-way player up front, or how does that how does that so Michael thing Lorenzen work? right guy? Right, like that's why I wanted to one. ask this about this right. So, my, yeah, in terms of like your twenty-six man roster, you can only have thirteen hitters, thirteen pitchers. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a two-way player, you get to pick which one you want to use them as, and you'd prefer to use them as a hitter, obviously, because you can carry an extra pitcher. So then you really have fourteen pitchers instead of thirteen. So that's kind of where. If you have a two-way player, you can benefit from him. Um, I gotcha. So you can, but Michael Michael Lorenzo does not qualify. He, he didn't make enough starts last year. Right, but that's a thing where this year, especially because the Reds play, I think, out of town in the American League, kind of early, they could give him a, a couple. You know, like they could give him, they could easily get him three quick plate appearances as a DH, right? And then next season. He's available for that all year, right? Well, you, you have to make twenty starts with yeah, three plate twenty appearances. starts. So, okay, with three plate appearances in each start. Average so have three to start plate. I, games. Yeah, average I gotcha. three plate okay, appearances so per start. Yeah. Um, okay. Otherwise, I'd be right there with you. But okay. So how many especially, people? Especially how many? Now that they added outfielders, there's no. I, I can't see you making twenty starts. How I mean, many? How he only, many? He only made how many? Eight last year. How many people in Major League Baseball would be able to do this besides um, Otani? There's a Tony. There's a guy on the Tampa Bay Rays named Brendan McKay. He's probably close. He's a first baseman's last pitcher. And there, there's some guys in the minor leagues that they could. Otani's actually invented the rules for him because if you remember, he had Tommy John surgery, so he didn't pitch last year. Right. Right. So technically, he shouldn't qualify. He should only be a hitter. Um, but they they changed it where if it's in 2018 or 2019, so it counts when he was a pitcher. Gotcha. So they can use him as both. So, so just to be clear, so you have to have 20 innings pitched and 20 starts with three plate appearances in each start. Yeah, it's a really high bar to qualify. Right, okay. It's just crazy. Okay, I understand it. Once again, no, I don't feel like there's any reason for that rule. There's some – this is – this is so so. <laughs> this Rob so that, thing. So, so that, that Shohei Otani can win MVP next year. There you go. So, <laughs> yeah. So my – so here's what I got for you here. Uh, Trevor Bauer. 
Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer has been making. I, I mean, he's always he's always big on Twitter, and and his tweets are 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 retweeted billions and yes, billions and billions of times. <laughs> uh, and and sometimes I agree with him, and sometimes I don't. Uh, when it comes to baseball things, I usually agree with him. He's got he's got an incredible baseball mind, but he came out and uh, in in you know no less words called Rob Manford an idiot and told him he doesn't know any like he obviously if this is serious then he doesn't know anything about baseball talking about the playoff rule that's supposed to go into effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel. You don't have to say yes or no because or how you feel about it. So I'll let, just let you say uh uh are you more on the Trevor Bauer side or are you more on the Rob Manford side? I'm more on the Bauer side. I think I, I... I see where he comes from more than where I see where Manfred comes from in terms of, I just think baseball has the wrong priorities. I mean, they should be trying to get the game to as many people as possible. It should be on every TV. Anyone who wants to watch baseball should have a chance to, like if you buy MLB TV, that should give you access to games instead of being blacked out in so many markets. Sure. It it should just be easier to like on your cleats. I know this is one that Trevor pushes a lot, but you should be able to wear whatever you want on your cleats. And I've seen other players make the same point that, you know, you see all these kids buy basketball shoes, but no one ever buys baseball cleats or baseball shoes because of a player. Right. Or basketball, you know, you buy just because of a player. Yeah. So I I think there's a lot of things where he makes a lot of sense in terms of pushing the players more. I mean, that's the ones, they're the ones who should be marketed a lot more. Whereas Manfred, pace of play, and I, I don't think people care that much about if a game's two hours and fifty-five minutes versus three hours and five minutes. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, I you know it, it. I'll tell you, as a fan, it's nicer when it's ten or fifteen minutes quicker. But honestly, if you're, I mean, if you're going to be there for three hours, you're going to be there for three hours. Whether it's two hours fifty-five or three oh five, you're just there for three hours. It's not like you know if you have to be somewhere then don't go to the game or leave early or whatever you got to do. But, right. yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I mean, if it's a good game, it's a good game. I mean, right. To, to me, that's what it comes down to. Bobby, you uh, so um, when you go to buy a pair of socks uh, for everyday living, are you a low, low uh, below the, the ball of the ankle? Are you a mid or a high sock kind of guy? Probably mid, mid sock. The mid, so just above the – uh, slightly above the uh, ball of the what is that thing? What's the ball on your ankle called? Uh, the ankle, <laughs> the ankle ball, the ankle ball, just above that, just below the shin. Yeah, correct. I'm starting yeah. to get. I'm, I've always been below the ankle guy, like uh-huh. below the ball of the ankle guy. But I'm starting to, uh, I'm starting to creep in. I, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or what, but I'm starting to creep up the creep up the leg a little bit. Oh, in five years you're gonna be wearing tube socks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I already it's a natural evolution. It is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right, Bobby. So let's talk about uh, probably the biggest, um, the biggest uh, a thing going, the biggest p- uh, player to be signed, uh, Shogo Aki Akiyama. Did I get it? Akiyama. Akiyama. Tell us, uh, tell us what you think about this guy, and will his, uh, will what he did overseas be able to translate to uh, to Major League Baseball? I mean, that's a big question. Today was his first day, so I, I don't really know him well. I mean, just when he came in to Cincinnati for his first conference and then today, those were the only two times I've spoken to him. But he seems like a nice guy. People, people say he's kind of humble, hardworking type guy. 
Uh, we'll, we'll see about his hitting. The Reds obviously are optimistic. They gave him a three-year, $21 million contract. Yeah. Uh, so they're hoping his on-base percentage at the least will remain really high. It was, three, it was 392 last year in Japan. If it's anywhere above 350, I think the Reds have to be happy with it. 100%. He's a, he's a guy who can hit to all fields. The Reds might look at him as a leadoff guy. I've heard other scouts say that he's more of an eight-hitter, and he's an on-base guy, but nothing – you know, he's not going to hit a lot of homers, maybe six to eight home runs a year. And if that's the low side, I mean, that's a bad signing for the Reds if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Reds are hoping he can be a guy that can at least play almost every day. I think his, his defense will be something that is something to watch. If he's an elite defender, I mean, the Reds haven't had an elite defender in the outfield since uh, Adam Duvall and Billy Hamilton together. So that, that's something they've been lacking the last year, two years. There you go. So, with him in the outfield, with him in the outfield now, I mean, you've got a plethora of outfielders. Uh, one thing I've heard some people almost annoyed with the fact that there's so many outfielders and they they're, they're worried about play. Everybody's worried about playing time and who's going to play. Isn't this a good thing to have all these pretty good guys out there? I mean, they're everybody's going to play 110. Everybody could potentially play 100 games or more in the outfield why not give guys a break at this 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 stage of their careers let them why is this a good thing or a bad thing having this many outfielders i think from a team perspective and a fan perspective it's a great thing i love it i mean just think think of last year when scooter Jeanette gets hurt you know you kind of have to reshuffle your whole infield jesse winker went down uh nixon zell got hurt it kind of derailed the whole season was offensive injuries it's kind of one of the reasons the offense was so bad last year so i, I think they're a lot more well protected in that case in terms of, from a player perspective, I could see a couple of guys getting a little upset of lack of playing time. I think Nick Castellanos is, is for sure going to play every day. Mm-hmm. Nick Senzel, uh, probably your everyday center fielder, or at least close to. And then Shogo Akiyama, probably the next highest. And then Jesse Winker and Philip Irvin will kind of split time. And I think our city's Aquino will kind of be looming in the wings. I think he's the one who's going to be directly impacted the most and might even have to start the season in triple a wow which really? is crazy to think about but, yeah that's insane uh, considering that, how hot of it well it was one month but still it was a record-breaking month with what he did so you would think they'd be wanting him out there but maybe maybe triple a is the best place for him where he can get consistent at bats yeah i mean that's the other side of the argument is if if he has to come off the bench you know four or five times a week is he still going to be that effective Right. I mean, obviously you love his power, but can Nick Castellanos do the same thing with his bat where you, you don't necessarily need him on your bench? So I, I, I see it both ways. He had a great August. He was just okay in September. Slumped, slumped for a lot of it. He, he wasn't, you know, a top prospect before he came up. He wasn't even on the, he, you know, he got released by the Reds briefly two off seasons ago. So it, it, it's one of those things where he, he blew up so high, it's just, are you sure? Are you willing to bet he he can do that again at the expense of having to bench any of these other outfielders? Yeah, that's the thing is I, I I was I was hoping to see him a lot more consistently for a full year, but at the same time, so that I know really what we're going to get from him. But at the same time, he's probably not going to get a consistent enough look because we have so many. We, I said we because the Reds People have go so down many. all the time. There's always so many injuries, though, right, Bobby? I mean, there's always an injury or two in the outfield where we end up with Philip Irvin playing every day for a month. 
I mean, if you look the last two years, I mean, you, you had moments where, like, Derek Dietrich played left field. Josh Van Meter played left field. Dilson Herrera played left field. I mean, Michael Lorenzen had to start in center for most of September, or at least, you know, a lot of games in September. So, so I think it's something where injuries do pile up at some point. You do have to be prepared for them. And, and you can also see kind of a chain effect, like Eugenio Suarez got hurt in a pool in January. So Mike Moustakis might move to third base. Maybe right. that opens up second base for Nick Senzel. If that's the case, you already have an outfield spot, you know, vacated because Senzel's not playing in there for a couple weeks. Now you slide somebody so, else in. And, and, yeah, and like this, Nick Castellanos says he grew up playing third base. So, I mean, say a couple injuries happened, you can move back to the infield. Yeah. They have enough moving parts where I think they're covered if infielders get hurt or if outfielders get hurt. The only spot in this entire field I don't feel comfortable with if somebody were to get hurt is Freddie Galvis. Who else can play shortstop on this team? I'm shocked I haven't signed anyone to play you know, a true shortstop yeah. yet because I, I, I don't think you'd feel comfortable you know, saying we're going to win the division if you have to play Alex Landino at shortstop or Josh Van Meter at shortstop every day. I mean, that's just not their main positions. Right. And speaking of that, I mean, you know, everybody's excited about all the signings they made this, this offseason season. But one of the big things that we were hearing for a while was a possible trade for Francisco Lindor, speaking of that shortstop position. Mm-hmm. Is it still possible to get that done? And I, I wouldn't expect anything before the season. I, th- I think maybe the trade deadline, depending on how the Indians are doing. I mean, you have to – they're still trying to win. I mean, it's not like they have a terrible team. Sure. They still have a chance in their division. So say they get off to a hot start, what's the point of trading Francisco Lindor? Sure. I mean, you saw – Mookie Betts get traded this offseason, so teams are still willing to trade top guys on the final year of their contract. Francisco Lindor has two years left in his. So it's something where the Indians don't have to they don't have to trade him unless someone blows him away with an offer, and obviously the Reds and the Dodgers and any other team interested weren't willing to do that yet. Yeah. Bobby, when you're when you're keeping score at the game and you're and you're taking notes, are you a uh, black pen, blue pen, or pencil guy? Black pen, Black which is pen. which has hurt me in the past. Ah, gotcha, my man. I've got a couple oh, scoring changes. How has it how has it hurt you in the past? Well, like you get a couple scoring changes, like an inning later, they change an error to a single. Uh, you know, in pen, you have to cross everything out. So, do you keep white out with you, or are you just a? Uh... <laughs> no, no, you just just give, you give just it a scratch and go, go, baby. Give it a scratch <laughs> and go. What you don't keep a, a bottle of the old white out with a with a cap that comes uh, out with a brush on yes. the end of it? What? <laughs> I don't Bobby, think I've ever you, had whiteout just, in my life. I was just going to say, Bobby, <laughs> do you even do you have you even seen that before? I've Adam, seen you're it. showing your age. I've never used it. <laughs> you're showing your age, buddy. Um, speaking of speaking of scorecards, do you keep every scorecard? Do you have like boxes? Marty Brenneman keeps all his scorecards, from what I remember, and, and I think he's got them in a bunch of boxes down in his basement somewhere. Never been through them again, but he, I've always heard that he kept all his cards. You keep all your scorecards from every game you do. A lot of people do, but I don't. I, I the team provides in the press box like a single game sheet, so I just use that. Now in my computer, I have like a Excel spreadsheet that keeps track of. I have to manually enter it, but it keeps track of every player's stats day by day throughout the entire season. So that's kind of my instead of keeping a scorebook, I just update that every day uh, on my computer. I gotcha, gotcha. You gotcha. just you update that like at the end of the game, like like Joey Votto went three for four with a single double home run and strikeout or something like that yeah so basically it's like 
Excel, like every tab, like I have a Joey Votto tab, and it'll be like every single day I can see how he did, and then like when his what his batting average was on April second, when his batting average was, um, you know, June third. I, I I could have all that. Uh, that's all that in the spreadsheet. So it's basically like every stat page, but I just have it on my own computer. Very smart. How about that for how about that for a throw in question that that took us a whole different direction? (laughs) (laughs) All about uh, what color pen you use. That's right. So so Bobby, uh, when when you're in when you're in Arizona, uh, there's going to be a lot of talk, obviously, of what's going on with the cheating scandal. Recently, Sports Illustrated reported that there there could be as many as six other uh, teams involved. Uh, anything, any, any words out that possibly the Reds heads are in this somehow? They were pretty confident. You know, they came out pretty hard when the Astros first were implicated in the scandal that they took measures where they weren't involved. So I don't, I don't think so. I mean, every team steals signs. I mean, there's a legal way to do it and an illegal way to do it. I just, I can't, I can't see them doing going to the methods the Astros did the past couple of years, just with how confident they came out against it. How do you feel? What do you feel as a guy who's around the game every day and sees, sees, uh, talks to players, talks to people every day in this game? What, what are your feelings towards what these players should, should be, um, how, how much the players should be held responsible and, or held accountable, which they haven't been at all. Uh, and how much uh, you believe that in, in this whole taking away? I don't. I don't believe in taking away a World Series. They want it. They were there. You can take it away from them, but the experience was still there for them. So that it's just taking a banner down is no big deal to me. Where, where do you feel on that matter? I mean, I feel. I feel like it was definitely a big rule they broke. I mean, I don't know if it was a specific rule, but different like broke the code. I mean, it, if you think about it, it's almost like football. If you hacked into you know, the radio, you know, the quarterback has, sure. you know, gets the plays in the helmet. If you were able to steal those and then somehow signal it to the defense, they knew every play was coming. I mean, that if you think about it in football terms, it's just such obvious cheating. And so I, I feel like it definitely hurt other teams. It, it was unfair. But the Astros were such a good team, it's almost like you don't understand why they cheated. Mm-hmm. But they definitely haven't owned up to it, and I think that's hurt them the most. I think they're going to be the most hated team by far this season. I think they're going to get booed like crazy in every road game they play. And I, I'm interested to see if any player gets off to a slow start, like Altuve, Bregman, Carlos Correa, if any of those guys start off really slow, how much you know it's really going to come on. You know, Fans are really going to turn on them and be like, okay, they were only good because they stole signs. And so I wonder, I wonder how that's going to affect the players the entire season. I would like to congratulate the New York Yankees for not being the most hated team, at least for one season. <laughs> uh, congratulations, Yankees. At least half a season. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the the pitching staff, the starting rotation, that's pretty much locked up, right? Is there anybody? Yeah, I mean, unless somebody gets hurt. Yeah. So you got Castillo, Gray, Bauer, DiSclefani, and, and Miley, maybe not in that order necessarily, but those are the five guys, right? Yeah, correct. Okay, um, and then you have a couple of the uh, of the other guys that maybe have made appearances in the last couple of years. Your Tyler Malley's, Lucas Sims, um, and a couple other guys who could be uh, next in line to get a chance uh, if somebody goes down. But those guys that are kind of fringe, those those sixth or seventh starters, 
Um, do any of those guys have an opportunity to start out in the bullpen, or is that like a Kino where it's going to make more sense to have them start in AAA to get starts every day, um, or do you want to have their arms up uh, up uh, in the bullpen? I think Lucas Sims, he's out of minor league options, so if he doesn't make the team out of camp, he can't. you have to put him on waivers. You can't just put him in the minor leagues. Gotcha. So I, I think he'll be a full-time reliever. I'd be surprised if he – if he moved back into a starter role, that would mean there's a few guys that got hurt more than just one. Now, Tyler Malley does have minor league options left, so you can put him in AAA, and I think that's where they'll put him. I mean, I, I could see you experimenting with him in the bullpen, but if a guy gets hurt, you don't want him to have to, you know, he can only throw two innings at a time because he hasn't thrown enough in the past month to be able to work his way up. So I, I, I think you'll see him in AAA to start the year if everybody's healthy and, you know, there's no surprises or anything. And then if anything happens during the season, which usually there does, uh, he'd be the first guy that you'd call up. I gotcha. So speaking of the bullpen, that was that was my biggest thing is they made all these, you know, they added Mustakas, they added Akiyama, um, they added Castellanos, and those were great additions for the offense, which were much needed. But the one thing that I was still a little bit concerned about was the bullpen. And then last week they uh, they added Pedro Strope. Um and so I was, I at least was a little bit, I don't know if Strope is the, uh, is going to make this bullpen like the best bullpen in the, in the league or anything like that, but it makes it better. It's though. an addition. Yeah. It's an addition that I was hoping they would, they would, uh, do something about. Um, so now you have probably Iglesias, Lorenzen, Garrett, Robert Stevenson and Strope, right? Would you say those guys are probably locks for the bullpen? Yeah. I would say those five. And then maybe Lucas Sims. Yeah, I'll give Sims probably a head start, so that's six. Cody Reed is probably seven, and then you have a lot of guys fighting for that last spot. Yeah. Is but there, is there an arm is, is there an arm that we should all be looking at come uh come when when the games start coming on and we can watch? Who who's the arm we should be looking looking at uh that's that could surprise us this year? In terms of the bullpen? Yeah. Uh you, you could see like a guy like Nate Jones, Northern Kentucky. Um Used to, he used to throw really hard, but dealt with some injuries. Uh, was the Chicago White Sox setup guy, I believe, for a while. Yeah. So he, he's an interesting He's another non-roster guy, so he's, he's on a minor league deal. But he's a guy with major league experience. Uh, was with the Red Sox, was with the Brewers. Pitched really well with the Brewers under Derek Johnson. Um, so I, I could see those two guys especially. And then you have some of the younger guys like Joel Kunal. You saw him at the very end of last season. I mean, he can throw up to 98, 99. Um, and, and there's some other guys, like Ryan Hendricks is another young guy. Probably won't make the team to start the season, but has a lively arm and has a chance. And also uh, Nick Lodolo, the first-round pick from last year. That's I saw him in Dayton last year, and he, he was really sharp. I mean, Kyle Farmer compared him to Chris Sale when he caught him. So. Holy cow. Wow, that's <laughs> impressive. Then but again, it's Kyle Farmer. He's, he's a guy that would probably be more midseason than – Break the team out of camp. I got you. I got you. Any bats out there we should be looking at? Uh, that that'll be that'll be fine. I mean, we know most of these guys, but uh, you know, uh, Jankowski or, or any guys like that that we should we should keep an eye on that that could surprise somebody and make this team. Uh, well, Mark, Mark Payton, he's a Rule Five pick, so that means if he's going to stay on the team, he has to be on the active roster the entire season. So, so he's he's another outfielder, kind of a smaller guy, speed guy. Uh, supposed to be a good defender. So he'd be interesting to watch. I mean, 
either he makes the team or he doesn't. Right. So it's you'll know you'll know as soon as camp ends whether uh, how the Reds think about him. Otherwise, I'm trying to think of the top prospects, Jose Garcia. He's a shortstop. He had a breakout year in the minor leagues last year. If he if he can continue that, I mean, he, conceivably he could be the shortstop next year when Freddie Galvis. He's a free agent at the end of the season. Right. So he could be a guy in that mix. Jonathan India is in big league camp. First round pick from two years ago. So you have some talented bats uh, that are worth watching. Uh, who, who was our? Who was the first round pick uh, three years ago? Um, pitcher Hunter hitter Green. Hunter Hunter. Yeah. Hunter so. Green. Is he healthy enough? Is he healthy now? Will he be participating in camp? Uh, not really. I mean, he'll be re- he's rehabbing and stuff. He but still is. Rehabbing. I don't, I don't okay. think he'll pitch until maybe June. Okay, I was I didn't know exactly where he was on his schedule. Yeah, I'm still very interested in him. Yeah, I think he had he had Tommy John surgery last April, so it's kind of like a 15 to 16 month schedule, which you know it's too bad for him because. He's, Basically missing almost two seasons. Yeah, but I understand why the Reds would want to be cautious. I mean, no reason to really—he's still young, so I mean, it's not like you have to push him. And he's also a guy. I mean, when he pitched well, he was throwing over 100 miles an hour. Right. And if you ever get a good breaking ball with that, I mean, worst case scenario, you know, closer like Raldis Chapman, best case scenario, you know, you're one of the top starters in your rotation. So I think they're going to be cautious with him and. Just tough, just tough you have to miss that long of time. Yeah. So I think the last uh, kind of area on the roster for me is that utility spot. The guys coming off the bench, um, Chris, I think you mentioned Kyle Farmer a minute ago. Kyle Farmer's probably that first utility guy coming off the bench, would you say? Yeah. Okay, and then you got your Josh Van Meters, Alex Blandinos, those guys, and the uh, – the guy that uh, I think Chris is really excited about, uh, that the Reds just signed to a minor league contract. Yeah, and buddy. Him to camp, Derek yes, Dietrich. Um, <laughs> realistically, does Derek Pippin Dietrich. Nukes. Does, Pippin nukes. Oh, my God. <laughs> does Derek Dietrich make the, the, the roster coming out of camp? Uh, maybe. I mean, he has to show he's healthy again. It was just the second half was so bad last year. Yeah, you know he had like one hit in his last forty at bats. So I mean, if if he looks anything like he did at the first two months of the season, I think he has a decent chance. Um, the guy should just quit baseball and just become a full time model. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stud, man. It's a dude's a stud. <laughs> he he loved the the sleeveless jerseys. Those were great. Oh, I know he loved those. Yeah, I'm guarantee he did. I, I probably would too if I if <laughs> I if I did like if it. I did curls in the dugout before games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dude's a nutcase. All right. So uh so if, if Kyle Farmer's the uh utility guy off the bench, is he gonna be is he your catcher or is Casale still gonna make this team at catch? Yeah, Casale for sure. Okay. Yeah. Farmer would be more backup infielder than catcher. Then he would be coming in as a third catcher if somebody got hurt or something. I'll tell you, there are yeah, a lot I mean, of. He, he, he didn't catch very much last year. No, I mean, he no. did like when Barnhart and Casale both got hurt. Right. But he, he didn't catch much before that. There are a ton of all. versatile guys on this team that can play a bunch of different positions. I mean, that's that's a really good thing to have. Um, if, you, if you think about it, it's almost like Tucker Barnhart, Kirk Casale, and Joey Votto are the only ones kind of stuck at one position. Sure. Yeah. And Barnhart has played first base, right? I think Casale even played a little first base, didn't he? Didn't yeah, that's true. I mean, they could, yeah. Um, 
I, I don't know if you'd feel comfortable with long term. No, no, certainly definitely not. not. <laughs> That's why you got Mustakis. <laughs> oh man, I'll tell you what. That it's 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 going to be a fun year. Give us a what is your final um, final tally for? I know I hate I hate when people ask that. Whoa, how many <laughs> wins are the Reds going to have? Do you think this team can win the National League Central? And if so, can they make a run in the playoffs? Or do you think this is just uh, the tip of the iceberg uh, for what this team's getting ready to start to do? I, th- I think you could definitely see them winning the division. I mean, there's, I still see it as a four-team race. I mean, the Cardinals, are, they, they won 91 or 92 games last year, lost Marcelo Zuna, but otherwise kind of the same team. Offensive struggles, but they can hit. and they. I mean, the offensive struggles, but they can pitch and they can play defense. Chicago Cubs are kind of the same. They kind of disappointed last year, but I think they're the most talented team in the division. Milwaukee Brewers lost a bunch of guys, but they place, but then they're just one of those teams that always seems to find ways to win. So I, I think it's going to come down to whatever team's the healthiest, whatever team is able to win one-run games and kind of get those lucky bounces. I, I, I think the Reds are in a good position. I, I think you have to feel confident if this team's healthy. They can hit. They're going to be a lot better hitting. The starting pitching is probably the best in the division. The bullpen is good. I, I don't know if it's great, but it's good. Good enough to win. So I, I, I think you have a lot of reasons to feel confident. But as far as the playoffs, I think they're a step behind, especially behind the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers are by far the best team in the National League, heads and shoulders above everybody else. But then the NL East has a lot of good teams like the Braves, Nationals, Phillies, that – I might put above any team in the NL Central at this point. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so let me put you on the spot really quick. Last thing for me, opening day lineup. How do they bat in order? Ooh. <laughs> That's tough, right? <laughs> yeah. They've got a whole spring. Yeah. This should. They, if they were to start right but, now. But we pretty much know. Yeah. Who's the who's who starting the, lineup? Who the nine, yeah. Well, except for the outfield, I guess. But. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'll go. Shogo Akiyama in left field, batting leadoff. Joey Va- Joey Votto playing first base, batting second. I'll go. Nick Castellanos playing right field, batting third. I think Eugenio Suarez would bat fourth, but I think he's going to be hurt to begin the year. Uh, so I'll put Mike Moustakis there, batting fourth, playing third base. Batting fifth, let's say... Nick Senzel playing second base. Oh, let's put so in that case, let's put Shogo in center, and then batting six, you put Jesse Winker left field. Batting seventh, Freddie Galvez shortstop. Batting eighth, Barnhart catcher, and then opening day starter, I'll go Sonny Gray. Well done. I feel like Bobby could. Uh, I feel like Bobby could manage this team right now impressive. if he really wanted to. As long as there's no in-game strategy needed. You're good to go. I can handle anything before the game. Uh, it doesn't matter, man. You've seen the books. Dude, all you got to do is find the right chapter in those giant binders, and it tells you exactly what to do, man. They, it's already it's already stepped out for you. You just need your analytic guys to give you those seven binders that sit in front of Bell every so game. Yeah, I, I, I do too many gut instincts. Decisions would blow up on me. Yeah, good. I hear you. I hear you on that one. I'm an old school guy. I like that better anyway. There you go. All right, all right, Bobby. Here we go. So, uh, uh, toothbrush. Is it a regular toothbrush, or do you got the or oral? You know, the ones that that vibrate or spin or something like that. So I used to be regular, but uh, I have braces right now. 
for ah. months. So I used the, I, I switched over once I had braces on to the uh, the the Oral B the or- automatic. Yeah, the old fancy fella. Get 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 all the good stuff. Ah man, braces. I had braces, Bobby. I'm gonna tell you right now, this is the worst experience of my life. I had braces from the time I was in seventh grade till I was a junior in high school. Ooh. It was it was horrible. Yeah, I had them for five years. It was horrible. Yep. Oh, hey, listen, wear your retainer when this is over with. Yeah, dude. <laughs> for the rest of your life. You're older, so or, you know, or you're gonna pay for braces yeah. again later. You're, I promise. Yeah, you're older, so if you can take advice from two guys who have had it before, who my <laughs> yeah, I could definitely probably go for some Invisalign right now and get these bad boys <laughs> back straight again. But I did, unfortunately. Wear, yeah, wear the wear the retainer, man. I would pop mine in like once a month, and my mouth hurts so bad <laughs> yeah. because it was trying to stretch them back in. Uh, you're an older guy. You you're 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 paying for your own braces. You'll you'll be better at it. You'll be better at it. Yeah, I hope so. There you go, buddy. There you're you go. A, you're See, I, a, I, I didn't lose my my final baby teeth until my junior year of high school. So. Dude, that's when I was in seventh grade. It would have been that. That's the thing. That's why I had them for so long. They pulled seven teeth when I was in seventh grade because I had so many baby teeth left. Wow! I had seven teeth pulled out of my mouth. I looked like I looked like uh, Jeremy Roenick or something. Whoever, (laughs) just give me a insert hockey player here. I looked like it was. Oh, that's the worst experience of my life. Worst anyway. Bobby, man, we appreciate it. You you good to come back on uh, a couple times during the season? You think a few times in? Yeah, of course. I I mean, I you're getting you, you're getting pretty big now. I don't know how long we're gonna have you in Cincinnati. Be we're starting to get a little spoiled. Uh, <laughs> you're you're very good at what you do. Uh, I'm sure you'll have offers to go other elsewhere and bigger and better things. But as long as we got you in Cincy, man, I'm gonna try to keep. We're gonna keep getting a hold of you and hopefully can keep you on here. Well, since you, since you guys took me into my first town line, I, I feel like I owe it to always come on and hang out with you guys. <laughs> That's cool. All right, man. I'm, I'm holding you to that one. The only man. thing bad about being out in spring training, no skyline. So, uh, I, I have a question right. for you guys. Okay, go what ahead. Was your, what, what was your reaction when Shogo Akiyama's like, second or third day in town had already gone to skyline? Oh, and the first thing I I told a guy, so I got a bunch of customers that I deal with uh, at work, and when that happened, I was in Cincinnati talking to a customer, and I said, man, there's a beat reporter for the Reds that comes on our podcast, and it took him a year and a half (laughs) to get Skyline, and Shogo got it three days in. Well, he must he must have listened to this podcast and learned knew, from yeah. you not to wait that long. Because we do have a Japanese translation uh, on, <laughs> on on iHeartRadio, so <laughs> there you go, man. Hey, Bobby, man, we appreciate it. We uh, like I said, man, we really do appreciate it and everything you do, and and good luck, everybody. Get on, get on, uh, check him out. Oh, real quick before you go, there's a special that the Inquirer is doing this month, correct? Do you know? Ooh, I think you're right. Yeah, it's like 99 cents for three months or something like that. Yeah, that's big on the digital subscription. So you can you can catch the first quarter of the red season uh, on, with with all the stories from Bobby Nightingale Jr. and everybody else. Uh, just get on. Is it just you? Just go to theenquire.com or what is a what is the website? Yeah, Cincinnati.com. Cincinnati.com. Okay. If, if you don't have a dollar to spend on a subscription for three months, let me know. I'll pay for your dollar <laughs> for a three month subscription. You have to you have to catch Bobby's stuff every day. It's very, there, was some, very there was some guy on Twitter who it was like in December 
when the Reds were first rumored with Castellanos, and he's like, I'll buy 10 subscriptions if the Reds sign Castellanos. So when they finally signed, I was like, you owe us money. You know, <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know if you ever did. But. That's funny. Hold them to it. You know, Miami, so I know the Miami Herald because I like to listen to Dan Levitard's show, uh, and they have on, and I say that, and I can't even think of uh, – what the heck that guy's name is that comes on on Tuesdays. Anyway, he, he's a writer for the Miami Herald, and he's always uh, trying to get people to get into the electronic subscription because if they go through his through him on the Miami Herald's website, he gets a little uh, a little bonus. Is there is there anything like that with, with the Enquirer? Do you get a bonus if somebody goes to Bobby's page and, and signs up that way, or, or is it just sign up? I don't think so. Uh, I was trying to help you out <laughs> oh, if there was. Man, you got to renegotiate your contract. Yeah, man. yeah I hear you. <laughs> I wish yeah. I had a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there. Uh, that's good. All right, man. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Go back. Enjoy yourself in spring training. Maybe uh, we catch uh, we catch up with you uh, right before opening day. Yeah, sounds great. All right, man. I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, All right. have a good one, Bob. All right. Bobby, Bobby Nightingale Jr., everybody. How, how awesome is that? I talked right over top of you again. No. that's We said the same thing, so it didn't matter. There you go. Sounded the same. <laughs> Sounded exactly the same. Oh, uh, all right. Well, that covered uh, covered the Reds, our pre, uh, preseason business with them. I've got uh, – we've got one thing to do, and then I want to – I'm dying to know how your trip to – Hinkle Fieldhouse went. But before we have that, uh, we are going to support the people that support us, as you always like to say. Uh, so the top New Year's resolution, and I decided now that I'm going to make a New Year's resolution reference for the rest of the year every time I talk <laughs> about this. <laughs> top New Year's resolution for many people is getting into shape or at least adding consistent exercise to your routine. It's so much easier to stop exercising regularly than to start. The toughest part though, is getting to the gym. So finding a place you want to go and that makes you want to go back is the most important part of making time in your day for physical fitness. I know that place. It's training personally with Peggy Edwards. Peggy Edwards is a certified personal trainer, a certified nutrition specialist. She will help you achieve your fitness goals, whatever they are. Uh, Peggy will put you through a guided circuit training workout that will push you exactly how much you need to change your life. Look better, feel better, be happier. Visit training personally. Stop in, talk to Peggy, 3634 Boudinot Avenue in Cincinnati, 45211 is the zip code. Um, please go in there, tell Peggy that you heard about training personally from the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. She will give you your first month for free. That's insane. First month of membership for free if you mention the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. Call Peggy for all the information you need. Call Peggy, text her, whatever you need to do, 328-0296. You can also find the information you need on trainingpersonally.com or Training Personally with Peggy Edwards on Facebook. One more time, 328-0296, Training Personally with Peggy Edwards. All right, so we're switch, I'm switching this uh, this one up here because we got we got something kind of special coming up here uh, in about a month. We've got a, uh, a, local, a, local, a local guy here in Cincinnati has started up a food truck. And it's not just your normal food truck, man. This is Kraft Burgers. This is, this is legit as good a burger as you've ever eaten in your entire life. Kraft Burger Bros brothers i say bros because it says that but it's Kraft burger brothers <laughs> anyway these guys 
these guys are uh, absolutely killing the burger world. They've got a they got a truck now. They're going to be getting out here very soon uh, to uh, to to get that truck out and moving. Once they do, I will let you guys know where they're going to be. You can find them on our Facebook. Uh, well, I don't know how you find it to be honest, because I don't know how to do anything like that with Facebook. So I do know that. The Nosebleeds follows their food truck. So if you go to the Nosebleeds, you can look up Kraft Burger Brothers and uh, check them out. It's going to be delicious. And one of the owners, I guess, Jeremy, will be in studio in a month, and he's bringing us a burger. We get to, He's going to give us a list of burgers. He's going to let us both choose from them. I already know you're just going to say, can I have a burger with cheese? And that's it, please, which is fine because yep. the burger is <laughs> going to be delicious. Uh, I'm going to take the biggest, sloppiest thing he makes, and we are going to have him uh, live on the podcast. We'll talk some sports. We'll talk some food. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, can't wait for Jeremy to, uh, to come join us. But anyway, check out Kraft, C-R-A-F-T, Burger Brothers. I'm excited about that. I wish it was happening tonight. Dude, me too, because I didn't eat dinner. So, Yeah, I had a... Actually, I, li- I, li- I just lied. I just lied. I forgot. <laughs> you did have a- I had Skyline. I had Skyline oh! for dinner. I should have I threw that out to Bobby. Yeah, Gosh, I had Skyline for, di- for dinner tonight. Does, some- Does anybody make a Skyline burger? Somebody should make a Skyline... A chili burger? Uh, but, well, I don't... Or, yeah. I-, I don't know. Maybe a hamburger with a little bit of Skyline chili... Some shredded cheese, some shredded Skyline cheese on it, mm-hmm. um, and that's it. I feel like, I, I feel like that should be something I should taste. I feel like we could probably make that happen. I bet if we let's uh, write it down, uh, put it on the big board. Baylor's still number one, correct? They haven't lost yet. Correct. Put it on the big board. We want to I mean, know Gonzaga is, but yeah, Baylor is. What's that? I mean, Gonzaga is really number one, but Baylor oh, in is. Your, in your eyes, Gonzaga is number one. Because Gonzaga never lost when they were number one. They just decided, ah, eh, Baylor's better. Well, at least they're doing it the right way. Anyway, uh, so so we're going to ask Jeremy about a Skyline burger. It would be a Skyline cheeseburger, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and I'd have to have the – Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to – we'd have to have – I would want onions. You, you would get the option of onions and mustard, right? Yeah, you could have the option, but you're insane if you get onions on it. Okay, well then just call me insane because mustard's <laughs> disgusting. I'd say the same oh. if you got mustard on yours. That's gross. <laughs> yeah, no onions, mustard for me. Onions, no, no mustard, mustard for, for you. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. And I'm not. I don't like the dog, so don't even put the dog in there. No. I don't want a dog. I don't want the wiener. Keep that thing at home. <laughs> Keep it in your pants. Whatever you're going to do with it, I would rather just have a chili sandwich with cheese, or a phony coney, or a what else? Man, they got like wait. What's eight. a phony coney again? It's just a coney without Besides a hot something dog. Something I hate saying. <laughs> it's the it's a coney without a hot dog in it. It's it's oh, like, so it's, it's a chili cheese sandwich. Okay, there's the other one. So there's oh, so many of them. Chili cheese sandwich. I call it a chili sandwich with cheese. Uh, yeah. Phony coney. I've heard like five different things. Man. Listen, people if you call, call it, those any. They call them all di- all types of things. If you call it a phony coney. You don't don't go to Skyline, please. Oh, dude, that's how that's like the original. That's the the old people, like old people. My I buddy, know. my buddy, my buddy Vern. He's a he's an old guy, man. He's old. I mean, I say that. I'm just kidding. He's not that old. He's like 55, 56 years old. <laughs> anyway, uh, he calls them phony conies. You know the two most famous Verns in my life 
Who's that? I have three famous Verns in my life. Wow. You know three Verns? Yeah. That's insane. Um, I know one. An old <laughs> an old guy that used to live in the house behind us and over one. Yeah. Uh that guy. Where the pool is now? Uh no, no, no. Other other, other side. side. Okay. Other side. Um the Vern from uh the Ernest oh, yeah. movies. Oh, yeah. Uh no to me Vern. And uh yeah, Vern Vern from Rain Man, Ray's uh, Ray's boy at the at the at the old uh, special house or whatever I don't know what yeah. it's called. You know the sure <laughs> I don't know. Call it special house, that's special his, needs that's house. His, yeah. That's his. Uh, yeah, Walbrook. Walbrook is what it Walbrook, was. Walbrook, yeah. Um, but Vern, that was that was his man. V e r n. V v e r n. I only, I mean, I know all those people. Those but are the three Verns. You really only know one. <laughs> I don't know any of them, really. <laughs> the guy back in your backyard. Yeah. That, was a, that was a real guy. All the rest of them, <laughs> all the rest of them aren't real. Uh, anyway, I'm with you on that. So it's just, it is a great name, a though, isn't it? It is a great name. It is a pretty good name. I know. No, I know a Vernon. Yeah, I work with a Vernon too. Anyway, no, no that doesn't count. I mean, they're all Vernon. But if you don't call yourself Vern, then it doesn't count. <laughs> okay, you're not a Vern. No, you're not. A, if you're Vernon, that doesn't Vernon. count. I like Vernon too. I like that's a good name. I mean, too. Vernon's fine, but yeah. if you're going to be a Vern, you got to be known as Vern, not gotcha. Vernon. Gotcha. Vern Fleming. There you go. Vern yeah. Fleming, Why former not? NBA player. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Speaking of NBA, that doesn't have anything to do with this. How was your you yesterday? We did not do our podcast on Wednesday night as normal because you had the pleasure. Of experiencing historic Hinkle Field House in Indianapolis, home of the Butler Bulldogs. I did. Very, very exciting. Uh, Dad and I drove up early. We had lunch at a little deli called Shapiro's, which was extremely overpriced for a little kosher deli, but still very good. Okay. Um, had a lot of people talking about that. And, and still and, experiencing some sort of uh, yeah, acid reflux or something. Got some hiccups going right now. Uh, so that was delicious, and then we uh, then we went to the, we went uh, to Lucas Oil Stadium and did a uh, tour of Lucas Oil Stadium, which was cool. We were down on the field, wow. took pictures right in the middle on the fifty yard line, uh, went through the locker room press box, and we went, went sat there, saw where Peyton Manning's locker used to be, which they took out, and now there's a garbage can there. The locker is at uh, headquarters at. Um, at uh, wherever Indianapolis Colts headquarters is, but yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of cool. We got to got to get all around. That place is amazing. That that Lucas Oil Stadium is they did it right there, buddy. They did it right. It is that is cool. It looks good from outside. It is so cool. So uh, you guys did it right, man. That was you guys made the yeah. most of that trip. Yep, we got up there around noon, had lunch, did the three o'clock tour, shot out, took a Uber out to. Uh, Hinklefield House got out there about five minutes after the gates opened. Walked out Hinklefield House, dude. Like you know, like when you go to a Xavier game or UC game or uh, you know an NBA game, anything like that. When you walk out, you don't just walk out and be standing right next to the court. Like that, that that just doesn't happen. They don't let you do that. That's how you. That's how these people get to their seats on an everyday basis. You just walk in and you're standing right in. Right on the court. I was on the court. Xavier's warming up. And I was on, literally standing right next to the court. There was these security guys, me and my dad walk up, and we're just kind of standing there. I was like, just, you know, we got Xavier stuff on. We're going to look like we don't know we're supposed to be here. Just stand here till somebody says something. <laughs> One guy comes walking right up to us, and I'm like, eh, didn't even look at him. He just walked right by. 
Wow. I was like, we're allowed to be here. This is cool. And then more people started standing there and we're taking pictures of everything because Hinkle Field House is old, extremely old, and extremely cool, dude. I goosebumps right now. <laughs> it was phenomenal. So the best part about it, I'm all about fan experiences, right? Yeah. I get this guy. This guy sees us taking pictures and he comes up and he helps us. He he takes a picture of us with, you know, right there on the court with Xavier's team in the background warming up and the butler stuff on the big screen. He takes takes a picture of us and he proceeds to tell us all kinds of history about Hinkle Fieldhouse. The guy had been going to games since 1947. What? Yeah, which I don't know, you know, I don't know. The, The dude was old as dirt, so, I mean, I guess it could be true. But he just sat there and talked to us for about 20 minutes, 15, maybe not that long, but a good 10 to 15 minutes. And it was so cool. It was awesome. And showed us where Thad Mata sits. Thad Mata's got season tickets. And, and we ended up seeing Thad Mata at the end of the, at the, end of the day. Uh, we went back down where that was and talked to that old man was still there, uh, which is because some, he told us to stick around. Something really cool. If, you're, if you bring a basketball to the game, when the game's over and they, they sing the, the alma mater and all that good stuff, there's just like a hundred kids go out there and just start shooting. They just it doesn't there's it, really anybody can go out there. You bring your own ball and just go out there and play. That's unheard of. It is the coolest thing in the world. There's there's wow. fifty kids out there playing basketball, just shooting. It was that was cool. So we went back down because he was telling us about that. And we saw him and looked up. He showed us where Thad was. Thad was sitting you know, five rows up in the on the end, and I mean, I didn't say anything to him, but Matt Matt uh, Painter was there, uh, and and uh, Mark Spitz was there, not Mark Spitz, what's his name? Uh, Mark uh, Spitz was he wearing a speedo? No, not Mark Spitz. <laughs> anyway, I can't remember that guy's name. Anyway, but there he was pointing out all these guys to us that were still hanging out after the game, and you know Xavier lost, which kind of was a bummer. But uh, it was a good crowd. Xavier brought a good crowd. Uh, I, uh, from what I understand, they could you could hear uh, the "Let's Go X" chant coming la- coming through loud and clear on the television broadcast. They the fans got pretty loud. There's quite a few of them there, and then and then they got pretty quiet. So, um, <laughs> but but it was dude. I'm gonna tell you right now, the place is awesome. If you've never been to Hinkle Fieldhouse, and you get a chance, go. Whether your team's playing or not, just go there's not a bad seat in the house you know we're in the 300 deck which is the top what there is no i mean it's not it's not a top and they're like every seat's padded so even the bleachers were padded which was made it way easier but it was your every seat is good in there 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 is no standing room only i got kicked out three times from the same spot (laughs) so i'm standing in a corner so I'm like, man, I really don't want to go sit on these bleachers. So we decide we're gonna stand in this stand in this corner. Nobody behind us. We made sure there was, you know, there's just a vendor behind us, no seats. Standing up watching the game, and there's Baylor guy standing next to me on the left, Xavier guy standing next to us on the right. Okay. This lady walks up to me and my dad and says, Guys, I'm gonna need you to find your seat. Uh can't stand here. So, needless to say, I'm thinking, oh, I'm just in the wrong spot. She didn't say anything to anybody else. So I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> No big deal. So we walk back, and uh, Dad goes to the bathroom. I grab a drink, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go over here in this corner where those guys were standing, and I'll just go over there. Stand over there. Once again, two more people to my left, two people to my right. She comes walking back. It's about 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, and she looks at me and smiles. She goes, didn't I ask you to find your seat? And I said, oh, is there no standing room only anywhere? 
And she said, no, there's not. I said, so what, you just pick me out? <laughs> Don't say anything to these two guys <laughs> next to me? That? Yeah, that's not, it's bull crap. I said, you just pick me out? You literally walked past three people that are standing here and came to me. And she goes, well, I've already talked to you. Well, they're standing there too. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I got a little upset. I didn't, I was not mean to her at all. I did say, I did say exactly those things, but not in a mean way with a smile on my face, you know, and, and then we went and sat down. Other than her, everybody else in that whole place was awesome. <laughs> Every Butler fan, even the loud Butler fans would still turn around and talk to you. You know, they'd be screaming and hooting and hollering. It was good cheering. Uh, it was, dude, that place is, that place is cool. That's very cool. I gotta, I'm going to have to go check out a game. Got to go. If you, we got to figure out a way to go up, uh, maybe catch a, like if Butler's got an early game, like a noon or one o'clock game, and then Pacers play in the afternoon. We should do something like that. I was gonna just t- I was just gonna say that to you. So the McDermott on uh, Butler's team. Yeah. Is he is he uh, Doug McDermott's brother? Dude, I have no idea. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. Because the two McDermotts were playing in the not, same city yeah. at the same time. Why would the he, Pacers yeah. were playing last night? Why too, wouldn't there. he have been? Yeah, because when we did the tour, there was guys from Wisconsin there. Uh, to that came in to watch the Bucks. Oh, they okay. drove in five hours to watch Milwaukee and in Indianapolis, and then Giannis didn't play because yeah, he had Giannis a kid. Didn't yeah, play, I yeah. kind of felt bad for those guys, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it, dude, I'm telling you right now, you ever get a chance to go to Hinkle Fieldhouse, do it. We'll have to figure that. Let's find out a way to get like a one o'clock uh, Butler game and a seven thirty uh, Pacers game. I think that'd be awesome. I would be so totally up for down that. for that. Yep, a hundred percent. Totally down for that. That's awesome. All right, uh, so we'll get that together at some point in uh, 10 years, and then... Um, yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be easy to figure out. <laughs> so, But we'll, but we'll figure it out. But uh, the last thing tonight, though, that we wanted to talk about is something that I've now had at least three weeks to watch, three or four weeks to Did watch. Did you finally watch and it? And I finally watched it. Seth Myers is our... Uh, we're back with our comedy... Segment comedy tonight. segment is back. Before we do comedy, can I uh, can I can I give you a swipe left, swipe right? I would love for you to give me one. Swipe left, swipe right to uh, the Oral B or any other kind of uh, rhythmic toothbrushes. Electric, electric toothbrushes. Rhythmic toothbrushes. That's so stupid. It's <laughs> a rhythm too. Ele- electric toothbrushes. Uh, swipe right. Is that, what right. You, is that what you're using these days? I am using it. Man, I got, I, I, I got, like Bobby. <laughs> fairly recently switched from yeah. a regular my entire life my the first 37 years or whatever of my life uh, 36 or 37 years of my life i used a regular toothbrush and i now am using an electric so i've had a couple of these electric toothbrushes now uh and and i i dig them I, i'm gonna tell you right now you don't have to put it on your charger every night i guarantee that at least six months since i've charged my toothbrush you're kidding me. at least minimum Minimum six months. But here's the other thing. Mine's annoying, right? So you hit the oh, button. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. You're supposed to brush every day. Oh, yeah. Twice a day. No, no, I do. <laughs> so I'll wake Just up kidding. in the morning, brush my teeth, brush my teeth before I go to bed. Of course. So uh, not, I don't always hit the one at bedtime. Sure. Sometimes I miss the bed. Always in the morning after the shower. Of course. Not always at bedtime. Sometimes so, you fall asleep. Sometimes a lot of things yeah, that happen. A lot of things that happen. I'm with you. So so I will be. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you. I, you know, it's. But I'll tell you this. I, and this is this is 100 percent for sure. This thing's got a little. But you hit the button, and then every 30 seconds, it it 
has a quick pause and you can kind of keep a timer in your head and at two minutes it turns off. Mm-hmm. Who in God's name brushes for two full minutes? That is forever. I'm so bored. I've brushed all my teeth like 37,000 times. <laughs> How much cleaner can they get? In a minute, I can brush every tooth that I have six times. <laughs> I can go over every nook and cranny in a minute. What do I need two minutes for? Why? Why two minutes? So Ridiculous. That's the that's the uh, denti- dentist recommended amount of time. I almost fall asleep if I wait for it to take that long, dude. <laughs> Here's the thing. Before the electric toothbrush, I probably brushed for 30 seconds or something like that. Since the electric toothbrush, there's maybe been one time that I didn't go the full two minutes. Does yours turn off? Yes. And yours turns off every time you brush your teeth. Yeah. I can't I'm so I'm I'm done. I got a full mouth of saliva and spit and toothbrush tooth toothpaste juice and and now I'm I'm so annoyed and bothered because I'll I'll try my hardest, man, and I'll get to that. I'll get the three. And I'm like, no, I can't I can't do it any longer. Three is is a minute and a half. I can't do it. I got I got to I'm sorry. I mean, I'm 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 with you that I do feel like I go over all of the teeth, uh, you know, uh, 5 billion times. times. It it just it doesn't bother me though. I I just go ahead and do it cuz it's on the timer. That's what it's there for. I don't know. I just tongue scraper or no tongue scraper. I'm a no tongue scraper. But Did- the last time I was at the dentist, they said you should scrape or brush your tongue. When was it? Uh, probably coming up on six months ago. Oh, okay, so it was long. So uh, I was just at the dentist the other day, and the first my my I always uh, talk to the dentist about how bad I feel that she's just got to sit there and stare at nasty tongues all day long. <laughs> yeah. Like your job is to stare at the gross people's gross tongues all day long. <laughs> That's disgusting. So I had a I had a different uh, lady that cleaned them the other day and when she was cleaning them because i've never used the gross tongue joke before i was like man i feel bad for you all you do all day long is stare at nasty tongues <laughs> and she's like well i was actually going to tell you yours is a little yellow because of and it's, do you have any sinus issues going on right now there's a lot of uh, not sinus what's it called yeah uh allergies or whatever okay. going on yeah and i was like no i mean i don't know maybe she's like well we got. I get get you a tongue scraper, and you know, to scrape that thing until it's, until you scrape it, and there's no nothing coming on. I was like, man, I'm that nasty tongue. I'm the gross tongue. So I am a religious tongue scraper now. Really? I don't know that I've ever scraped my tongue. Oh, they got a I tongue mean, scraper. It, but... You brought no brushing ain't no good. You gotta get uh-huh. this thing. And you stick it back there, and you just drag it across the front. And the first time, it'll have some yellow saliva on it. And you rinse it off, go again, Ugh. and then it's clear, and you're good. Just get it to that clear point, man. Just get clear stuff. Get Jeez. that. Get the bacteria off the tongue, man. The tongue's no, it's no good. I, the person cleaning your teeth will be happy. Huh. I don't know that I have I, yellow. I might be helping you out right yellow now. Tongue. The next time you go to the dentist, they may have a new beautiful girl that you may fall in love with and get married. <laughs> all because the reason she talked to you is all because you now have a beautiful tongue. All <laughs> thanks to who? Cousin Chris. Yeah, on all the uh, Uncle Six in the house. All the da- <laughs> all the dating sites that I do definitely put that at the top of the profile is <laughs> must uh, use tongue yeah, scraper religiously. My, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a yeah, I'm a tongue scraper. Swipe right to tongue scraper. I could probably be taken a different way, but anyway, um, <laughs> either way, there's <laughs> so okay. 
So before we get into Seth Meyers, very last thing for me is I it's cracking me up. I have to uh, what's going on down divulge here? this to the folks that are not watching on Facebook Live but are listening in the what, podcast format. What did I do in here? That's it's got very, this thing. It's very I'm funny. Looking, I just recently cleaned the office, the the podcast, the studio, <laughs> Rum Dum Studios down here. So I'm trying to look at what you're laughing at, but I don't see it. So, so go so ahead. I'm going to tell you. So. <laughs> We have a – so I I have my computer. We put it on the floor because uh, we, we have a million wires and everything. And, you know, we have the, the table here, and we've got our stuff on it. And the, the laptop that I have is a very big laptop. So we put it on the floor so that we can both see it and everything. And we have a wireless mouse. And the wireless <laughs> mouse is not working this evening. It is not. So, mouse. so you had the genius idea, by the way. I have to give it to you, of pulling the computer closer to us. And well, you, you, you got to understand. You got to understand. <laughs> Let me explain it first to you the gotta, people. You got to tell them why we have to have the mouse up here. Oh well, yeah, because because the computer's on the floor, and so and every you know minute and a half or two right. minutes. Yeah, the screensaver comes. The screensaver comes on, or whatever. It goes into sleep mode, or whatever. So, (laughs) the wireless mouse mouse is not working this week. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you now see this is not Jalen Rose, who used to every single day hold a bat throughout his entire podcast. Oh, that's awesome! I like that. Yeah, he was very cool. Uh, He's just a cool guy. But um, (laughs) Chris is using a bat. To reach underneath the table and hit the space bar every time it goes into sleep mode. I try to, to do it wake before it back it gets up. There. I try to do it before it gets there so we can still see it. It is so funny. So if you're listening to this and you've heard a little like one or two second pause in a weird pl- in weird places while Chris was talking, it's because he's trying to keep his mouth in front of the microphone and reach a baseball bat underneath the table and hit a space bar on a laptop. Man. And that is hilarious. This is this is uh you know we've got a big we have a we have a very large budget for this podcast so I was able to go out and get a personalized Louisville Slugger Christopher Witt signed Christopher Witt signed Louisville Slugger bat uh you know and and it's got to be used for something so was that Ash yeah nice yeah nice man nice uh yeah appreciate that I got two of them the Uh, other one says Chris J Witt. You got some polyurethane on that thing? Yeah, buddy. Nice. Real nice. Um, so that that that's gonna that's gonna take us right into our comedy segment. And uh for the comedy for the comedy special that we finally I finally watched. You watched it like probably the day we talked about we, it. I watched it that night. And uh, I watched it two nights ago, three weeks after I was supposed to. So I'm gonna be a little behind. It's, I'm gonna need some remembering. I'm gonna need the to be rejuvenated, but I did watch it and uh so what did you think? You watched it recently? So it was Seth Meyers called Lobby Baby. Mm-hmm. And uh, Seth Meyers, as far as I know, his first stand-up comedy special. He was on Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live for a handful of years, and he, for a while now, I don't know how many years it's been, but it's been a long time, I think, he's had his own late-night talk show, right? right. So he is getting, I'm assuming, back to what he used to do. I I believe he probably started I'm sure, out. Sure, yeah, as a, it's, it's usually comedian. how they catch how they get people on Saturday Night Live. Right. So, um, so he was. It was interesting to see him in that in that uh, format. And 
I'll be honest, I, I should not have any expectations going into any of these because it, I, I, I want to be as objective as I, as I can. But we've talked about, um, you know, having expectations and, and stuff like that going into some of these things. I, I said it about Jeff Dunham. I didn't think he was a funny guy, so I was going to try my best to go into it with an open mind and, and uh, with, with the idea to hopefully be turned around and think the guy's funny. So anyway, I went into this Seth Meyers thing not really knowing for sure what to expect, but not really expecting a ton. And I got to tell you, I was very pleasantly surprised. I really, really enjoyed it, and I thought he was really funny. He's a he's a, he seems like a pretty smart guy, very eloquent. Love the vocabulary. Uh, he was I I just I was I was impressed by him. Uh, not only his um. Not only his speaking ability, but his joke writing and, and the way he delivered and everything. I thought he was really, really good. And um, it it honestly surprised me. And I uh, I give it a... I, I think maybe the, the funniest part, by the way, was his description of why it's called Lobby Baby. Because his second child so great. was born the in pictures, the lobby the of his apartment building. After the special, the yeah. pictures that come up during the credits, he took a selfie in the lobby when the baby was born with his wife. And he's smiling from ear to ear and she is not. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny to hear him talk about, you know, he went through like every detail of the story leading up to how it happened and all that kind of stuff. And then talking about... He, he, his wife stopped at the door as they were leaving for the hospital and said, the baby's here. And he tried to, he called it, he said, you know, I, I it was mansplaining. So he said, <laughs> mansplaining, yeah. I forgot. About so he that. said, so he said, I told her, even though I had no relatable experience, uh, I told her what she was feeling. <laughs> I said, no, it's not here. And she proceeded to. Uh, pull the baby out of the out of herself, and he said, "Lion kinged it." <laughs> I pulled it out and raised it up. Um, oh, yeah. so, so he he backed away like against a wall or something as she was having a baby with no medical professional or anything around. So no help from her husband. Oh, um, so good. And then she. And then she talked about uh, we've got we got some sort of feedback. <laughs> oh thing no, going. we don't. No, but anyway, we don't. no, we don't. Uh, <laughs> is it that the the puppy uh, must have had an accident upstairs? Oh. That is a steam cleaner being ah, being run currently. Steam cleaner, beautiful. Um, <laughs> Probably because I left the dogs upstairs while Aaron was with the kids putting them to bed. Oh, <laughs> oops, 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 oops. Speaking of wives being mad at people. Um, <laughs> Seth Myers. <laughs> Seth Myers. No, uh, no, I did his his description. The way he told that story, really, really funny to me. Yeah. He and before and after that, he had a bunch of really funny stuff. What I thought was really cool was the last like ten minutes of his of his act was him being his wife talking about telling him. jokes <laughs> from his good. wife's perspective. Yeah, um, about him. And I thought that was really cool. I don't know that I've ever seen that yeah. in, in a comedy set before. Um, so I thought that was that was original and creative and that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm sure it's happened before. I'm sure people have done that, but not on that stage. Sure. Um, so anyway, I really liked it. Uh, I'm giving it 
I'm going to give it on the ha meter from one to five. I'm giving it a, let me give it a 3.7. Whoa, 3.7 on the on the ha meter. I'm 3.7 or 3.8. 3.7 yeah. ha, sorry, 3.7 ha's. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, I was going to go three and a half. I, <laughs> the dude was good. He was good, man. Yeah. Is it five haws? Is that the most we five can give? Five is the max. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I think three point seven. Maybe I might go above three point five. Uh, I might. Might to to disperse him slightly above some of the other ones that we had at three point five because he was really funny. It was one of those guys where when we we went into it and I was thinking, here we go. This is gonna be a guy and it's gonna be <clears throat> a guy that started to make some money and has done well for himself and his jokes just aren't gonna hit with normal people. And he did a good job of not getting into that kind of stuff, staying uh, true to, to probably what made him funny to begin with. And I can see why they had him on Saturday Night Live because he's good. That dude was good. I would love to see more specials come out of him. I agree. I agree. I think we were on the same page there. Um, so that's it. That Seth Myers was it. Uh, we got to decide. We haven't talked about this beforehand. We got to decide who we want to do uh, next week. I know there have been some since we had such a long – a uh, long time off since I failed. Uh, we had the Kobe episode the one time. Kobe um, episode kicked us in the one, and then we, we didn't. Uh, and didn't, then I didn't, you didn't, you didn't <laughs> yeah, listen to I it the other time. I just didn't watch it. So uh, so anyway, uh, I, I know there have been a bunch of a, a bunch of new ones that have come out. Um, I'm trying to think of something that I, there are a few that have been popping up constantly every time I get on Netflix. And um, I'm trying to no, it's not Malcolm X. Um, let's see. There's a girl yeah. on there, the the real big girl that uh, she's really fun. Fortune. Oh, she's pretty good. That and Tom Papa is the one that keeps popping up for me. Boom! First one that just popped up yeah. right on top. I'm. Uh, who is this guy? Uh, I've seen him before. Yeah, I've seen this guy. Um, before. I haven't seen him in a long time though. Let's do. Let's do uh, some Tom Papa. Let's do this it. This guy looks like fun. Tom Papa, you're doing great. Yep. Not an Olympic athlete. Not living your best life? Good. This is the comedy special for everyone who's out there doing the best they can. Okay. And this is a this is a new release, correct? This is this just came out. It's I'm having a little trouble with my uh Your internet never works here. It's two thousand twenty. I we're know. Good. We're I'm good. This you. is a new release this year. There you go. Uh okay. So there it is. Tom Papa, you're doing great. All right, so Tom Papa it is. Um Hey, big thanks to to Bobby Nightingale Jr. Yes. This guy is—he's uh, big time on the on the Reds beat. Um, he's getting bigger and bigger and doing bigger and better things. His stories are phenomenal. Check him out if you can at the Enquirer or at Nightingale Jr. on Twitter. Um, the guy's really good. He puts out a lot of really good content. Check him out. He he also he also comes on our show. So I mean he. <laughs> That's that's pretty cool for us. Doesn't so forget about the little he guys. He doesn't forget about the little guys, where he came from. That's right. The guys that took him to Skyline for the first time. <laughs> we gotta get him back out there, man. We do. We gotta get him back out. We we he, have a nice long homestand some sometime yeah. during the season. We gotta get him back out. Get him back. All right, so so big thanks to Bobby. Check his stuff out. Adam, if somebody wants to get a hold of you on the tweet box, how we do it. It's at Adam Schmidt forty four. And I'm at sick with it. Uh but I don't put any content out. I just like things. That's okay too. I've retweeted a couple this week. See? That's big. I, I mean, feel like that's the big one. To me, that's putting content out there. That's putting Isn't content. Liking out. something, doing the same thing, doesn't it? I mean, I get kind stuff of. when people like things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Other, yeah, people that follow you can see that. Mm -hmm. It, it'll it, almost like a promotional thing. Like it'll mm -hmm. pop up and say, "Sick with it, like this." Oh, that's I always forget that it says "sick with it." Yeah. Whenever anybody sees anything I do, it then just say, <laughs> "Chris." 
That's right. So, uh, so yeah, I, I follow us on Twitter. Follow Bobby Nightingale Jr. Most importantly on Twitter, he got, he has the good stuff out there. Um, again, I agree, like you said, thank you to him. Big shout out to you with the questions, with the with the off the beaten path questions. You like those? I loved them. I love those. The whole time you were asking real questions, I was just sitting here trying to find something <laughs> funny to say. Wonder what kind I'm of doing socks it. Bobby wears. For now on, every time we do a we do an interview, I am coming up with some questions that I'm just going to throw out at whoever it is. I love it. I'm gonna I'm gonna continue to do it. Let's do that. So uh, there you go. That's the that's that's what we got for today. Check us out. We are uh, we're on SoundCloud and in, in, in the the iHeartRadio and the the no the Nosebleed Sports Podcast on all your favorite all your favorite podcast platforms as well as live on the Facebook Live every Wednesday around 10:30 ish. It's Thursday this week, but we'll be back uh, on Wednesday next week. Mr. Adam Baum will be joining us, uh, another beat writer for the Inquirer for the Xavier Musketeers. Hopefully they've got a couple W's by the time we talk to him uh, this week. and Can't wait for that. That's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah, Adam does a great job all the time. Adam's another guy who's a young, another young reporter mm-hmm. that's just killing it, man. That dude's good. I don't know how long we're going to have all these guys yeah. in Cincinnati, but hopefully He's... for a long time, but I doubt it. So these guys are going to go on and do big things. Yeah. He's been coming on lately with uh, Cincy 360 in the afternoon on the on the radio. And, um, yeah, those guys, anytime they make appearances uh, or, I guess, audio appearances um, – on any of these things, uh, they 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 always do a great job, and their writing is really really good. And uh, that's something I wish I was good at, but I'm not. So I'm sitting in your basement talking about it right now instead. <laughs> Why not, man? Sounds like fun. I like doing it, it this way fun. too. And so we still I. get so to talk I. to those guys. So right? yeah, yeah, it's not that big a deal. <laughs> All right. So anyway, Adam Baum next week. Bobby Nightingale was this week. It was awesome. Uh, we we appreciate everybody listening. And uh, till next week. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.